Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. This message is chapter 4, verse 14 through 30, Heal Thyself. In verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So Jesus is hammered by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he comes back filled with the power of the Spirit. Notice it doesn't say, say he came back in his own mighty power. Now, we might kind of think of that, you know, that Jesus is the Son of God, and He is God in flesh, and He can do whatever He wants to do. And certainly that is true. In fact, that's what the devil wanted Him to do, right? Turn the, the, the stone into bread. You know, throw yourself down, knowing that you're going to be delivered. You know, the things that He could do in His own strength, in His own flesh. And yet Jesus denied all of those things, because we know through the, the Word of God, that Jesus did not exercise his own power as God when he was here on this earth. He laid it aside. Not that he couldn't have picked it up any time he wanted to. He certainly could have. But it tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that though he was in the form of God, not considering it robber to be equal with God, he made himself of no reputation, coming in the form of a servant, and then he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. And so Jesus on this earth, just like you and I, was he was a, a man. And except our sin, he was just like us in every way. He was tempted. He was had difficulty. He had pain. He had heartache. He had all the things that we suffer on a daily basis. Jesus would suffer as well. In fact, maybe even more intensely, having no sin. And yet without sin. And yet he would live his life filled with the Holy Spirit. And so when Peter tells us that we should walk in his steps and we should be like Jesus, he's not saying you need to be perfect like him because there's no way we ever could. But what he is saying is that we need to walk in the Spirit and that we need to be completely filled by the Spirit. And of course, Paul reminds us that if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh, right? Which is very important for our lives. And so Jesus comes through this trial, and so so often that's what trials do to us. We go through the trial, and the trial, what it does is it grinds us down, doesn't it? It, it, it breaks us, and, and everything that we thought that we knew, and everything that we thought that was important, and everything that we thought was, was ours, gets basically taken down and, and taken away from us so that we can realize that Jesus is really what we need. And the power of the Spirit in our lives is really what gives us something. And we have nothing to boast in at that point. I love that old song by Keith Green, where he says, you've brought me low so I could know the way to reach the heights, to forsake my dreams, my self-esteem, and to give up all my rights for each one that I lay down, a jewel's placed in my crown for his love and things above are all I'll ever need. You know, it's amazing how God will, will do that. He'll, he'll take us and he'll humble us 
to the point where we say, I have nothing left. I've, I've come to that point many times in my life. Okay, I can't do this, Lord. I don't know what to do. I have no idea. I can't go any farther. And, and it's, it's, isn't it true that we find ourselves in that place and it's at that point that he's made strong in our weaknesses? I love the story of James Frazier who went to the LaSalle in China. He was a, he was a young man, very strong and strapping. He, very tall. He had a lot of physical strength and a lot of agility. And he was an engineer, just finished engineering college, but he felt like God was calling him to the mission field. So he joined the China Inland Mission and he went to the LaSalle. And, and because of his physical strength, they thought, you know, let's send him to this remote place where a lot of people couldn't make it. This guy could do it. And so they get him out there. And for 11 years, he toiled amongst LaSalle, going into villages, facing off with demons. I mean, all kinds of things that he ended up suffering through that, creating a, a written language for these people, this people group, and translating a couple of books of the Bible, I think Luke and Philippians, I think is what he translated, into their language and then began to teach people to read. But after 11 years of toil and, and heartache and going through it, he only had a very few converts. There wasn't many people who were saved. And feeling that he was a failure, he wrote back home and he inquired and he found a job and secured a position with an engineering firm where he could go back. And, you know, I spent my time on the mission field and now I'm ready to go back to civilization and get a job and, you know, resume life as normal. And as correspondence is going back and he's planning on having another guy to come and take his place, if I remember correctly, the guy never could come. But right at that time when James had kind of given up, the Holy Spirit started to move amongst the LaSalle. And, and salvation started to happen. And it got to the point where he would go to a village and he would ask the chief of the village, can I come in and share the gospel with your people? And they would say no. And, and he would go up on the hill next to the village and he would pray through the night until he knew by the Holy Spirit that the, that the village had been given over to him. And he would go back to the village, they'd let him in, and everyone would get saved. And thousands of people were getting saved within these villages. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not about having the right ways and knowing exactly how to do things. It's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's how Jesus conducted his ministry. And that is how we are to co conduct our ministry. Without the Holy Spirit moving in us, without the Holy Spirit working amongst us, we really cannot do anything. Isn't that what Jesus said? You know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do what? Nothing. We can't do anything without him. And so it's complete, we're completely in our lives, completely dependent upon Jesus. So Jesus, he's baptized. This actually, Luke picks this up. He skips a few things that some of the other gospels cover. And so some time has passed since his baptism, actually. But it says that he travels to, to Galilee in the Spirit of God and, and apparently healed a lot of people, especially in Capernaum, as we see in our text today. It makes reference to it, although it doesn't tell us. But he, he done some mighty things in Capernaum. And, and he would set his base in Capernaum during his earthly ministry. When he's up in the Galilee region, he'd set his base in Capernaum. In the south, it seems that he kind of set his base near Bethany. Sometimes up on the Mount of Olives, he would, he would spend the night and stuff. But but he would have this kind of base in Capernaum and for a few reasons. And we'll get into that as we look at our text today. But it says in verse 16, it says, So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. 
And, and so Jesus, it talks about him preaching in the synagogues in the other parts of Galilee. Now he's in his hometown. This is where he'd been brought up. You know, it's always kind of an interesting thing to preach where you've been brought up. I remember my very first time when I was asked to speak on a Wednesday night at Calvary Chapel Pocatello, and I remember sitting in the front seat, and and I'd been pastoring here for a few years, and I was really nervous. I remember sitting there praying for the rapture to happen before (laughs) I had to go up onto that podium. And so I preached my sermon, and it was pretty well received. My mom came up to me, and she, she knew, and you have to understand, my mom grew up with me. She knew how dyslexic I was as a kid and how I struggled in school and all those things. And she came up to me and she said, oh, Michael, it was so wonderful to see you up there reading. (laughs) Okay. That was weird. All right. I'll take it. You know, but such a weird thing. You know, I mean, you go to your own place, you know, nobody's paying attention to the sermon. They're just like, wow, look, he can read. (laughs) Okay. But Jesus goes to this synagogue. Now, what is a synagogue? I think we have maybe a question mark in our mind about that. What is a synagogue? Is that just like a church? Kind of. What, what happened was after the exile in Babylon and the temple was destroyed, they started to build little meeting houses. And this kind of became the basis for Jewish worship. And every Sabbath day, they would go to the synagogue. Now, what's the difference between a, a church and a synagogue? Not a whole lot, and yet a lot. You have to understand that the church and, and the gathering place of the church and, and church ecclesia means the called out ones can also mean the place where the, the ecclesia gathers, you know, and, and like a building could be called a church, but also the synagogue. The synagogue also just meant gathering place or the assembly and, and they would assemble there for worship and for, for other public meetings and things like that. But what the synagogue became, or what the church became, was a replica of what the synagogue was. Because basically, at the synagogue, they would read the scriptures, they would pray, and they would sing hymns. And when you break it down to the very essential, even though it looked very different than what we do, oh, and they oh, and they would also do a sermon. And and so we we break it down to the very essential of of what they were. It's the same thing that pretty much every church and every synagogue still does to this day, even though we do it in a different way and maybe have different appointees to different positions and things like that. But if there was 10 men within a city, because it took 10 men to do all the positions of a synagogue, if there was 10 men in a city, then they could establish a synagogue. And and they would go there every Sabbath morning, which was Saturday, and that's when the Jews would have their church service and they would they would have church there. I want you to notice it was Jesus' custom to attend his church every week. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.